0: I want to do a just a reading, a Hebrew reading, a reading from the Hebrew um, from the 22nd Psalm. This is Good Friday. The 22nd Psalm is a psalm that uh, paints a, a portrait of the crucifixion of Christ. To look at the psalm uh, completely, there, there is no distinct um, historical uh, episode of David, although it is a psalm of David. We can't find in the account of David's life and his adventures in the Old Testament that we can't find anything that fits the, uh, the details of the 22nd psalm generally it's believed that probably there are parts of his life that he reflects on and and he says, uh, you know, this happened to me and and that happened to me and I felt forsaken and all that kind of thing. But when we go to the New Testament, we know that David was prophesying, whether he realized it or not, he was prophesying of his greater, greater son, the son of David, because in the Gospel accounts of the crucifixion of Christ, Christ quotes the first of, uh, of this Psalm. He cries out from, from the cross. He cries out from the Hebrew, he cries out in Hebrew tongue, which would have carried the people, I think, to the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew text, in their minds in that day. And of course it was, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Uh, So from the gospel accounts of the crucifixion of Christ and from certain extracts out of the priestly prayer of Christ in John 17 and then from a couple of places out of the book of Hebrews, which is a, a direct reference of uh, of the twenty second psalm with regard to uh, uh, Christ and His kingdom and the rule of Christ. We come to realize that, at least from the New Testament perspective, that as much as anything, the twenty second psalm is a is a prophecy from from David uh, regarding his Messiah, his Christ, who also was his son. So uh, we'll look at this and uh, I'll just do the reading. Try not to stumble too badly uh, through this and we'll begin at the beginning of the psalm. To the chief musician, set to the hind or, or the deer of the dawn, the early deer, the animal, the deer. This was most likely, uh, it was, uh, uh, it's probably a musical term. Um, the general agreement is, the best translation is, the deer of the dawn. Set to the, uh, to the chief musician, set to the deer of the dawn. So it would be a kind, it would be a style of music. A Psalm of David. And then it's given to us actually in the Hebrew, in, in the New Testament, uh, the Hebrew text is given by the Gospel writers. Eli, Eli, lemah adzapatani. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? It is, of course, in the depths of the passion of the Christ where he has the sense, he senses that uh, the Father has turned away from him while he bears sin, while he becomes our sin. He is everything about our sin during that time on the cross so that he could pay the penalty for us. And uh, he has this, this agonizing uh, sensitivity of abandonment, abandonment from his God, uh, the Father. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning. And then he says, "El, heikhra, uh, el uh, my God, I cry." in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night, I am not, uh, I am not uh, reposed, I'm not silent, I'm not restful. I can't rest at night. So it, it speaks of the agony and the passion of the Christ and then of course his cry from the cross. But you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. So there is a cry of the faithfulness of Yahweh. He delivers from sin. To you They cried and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Now, here comes an interesting uh, phrase. It says, uh, Vilnachi, Tolaat. And the word, the, the root word there in that second one, is uh, trans it could be it means scarlet or crimson it's translated worm and they are synonymous because the the very rich crimson colored dye that was used in the ancient world came from this uh, uh, was a a, a Elyse, i think was the the uh, type of the the, the the type of worm and there's an, interesting, uh, there, there, there's an interesting truth about that worm, the female worm. Uh, and the Hebrews would have known this. And the truth is that this particular worm looked something like a maggot. And when the female was ready to deliver its, its eggs, ready to lay its eggs, it would fasten itself absolutely to the base of a tree and it would almost become part of the tree such that it could not be separated from that tree. And the female would stay there until the eggs were laid and continue to protect the eggs with her own body until they became larvae and um, then they would They would go out and live their own lives. And when that happened, the female died. And she oozed out from her body at her death this rich crimson issue that would have been her blood. And it stained both her body and the wood that she was attached to. So her body and the wood where she had been attached were stained with this crimson color it was then those who dealt in the, those who specialized in this dye knew knew how and where to find the the dead female's body and they could scrape they could scrape uh, the the dried part of the blood of the female off of the place where she had attached herself to the tree and it was couldn't get very much, you know, it couldn't get very much of this stuff from one worm, so it took a lot of hunting and a lot of, a lot of gathering to, to get just a little bit. That's why it was such expensive dye. But it seems to me that the, the prophecy is that the Christ of God attaches himself to the wood uh, that he might deliver his own. Uh, and then in, in his death we live and it would cost him everything and he attached himself. It was he who attached himself to the wood and not the Roman soldiers. But I'm a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. Of course, a lot a lot had reversed itself. Quite a few things had been reversed in the minds and hearts of Israel in the, in the week of the Passion from the time of Palm Sunday to Good Friday. All those who see me uh, mock or or they ridicule me. They shoot out the lip that's That's a Hebraism that speaks of the the mockery. They shake the head saying, he trusted in Yahweh. Let him rescue him. And you know, if I'm translating this, both hymns, H-I-M, would be in capital letters. Let him rescue him. He trusted in Yahweh. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. So all those pronouns there would be in capital H because it's the Father and the Son. And the people, those speaking in mockery, don't realize what a truth they're speaking. But you're he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on Breasts of my mother are all my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth, from the womb of my mother. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Christ is alone on the cross. Nobody can help him. Nobody can assist Him. This is what He came to do. He's the only one who can do it. His disciples, His apostles, they can't help. There's not an angel in heaven that can help Him. Only the Christ of God can accomplish what has to be accomplished on the cross. And He is absolutely and totally alone in His suffering on the cross. There was an old song, it was alone. The Savior prayed in dark Gethsemane. Alone he drained the bitter cup and suffered there for me. Many bulls have surround me. Mighty bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Now the bulls of Bashan were known for their bulk and strength and their snortiness, <laughs> their, their bad attitude. Uh, they were strong, they were powerful because they had been fed in a special valley which, uh, where great care was taken to give them the richest nourishment they could receive. And these bulls didn't like anything coming around uh, the herd where they were, where they were the, the chief uh, bull. So it speaks of a savage animal Savage animals have surrounded me. This is the way that the Holy Spirit of God views those of Judaism who conspired with Rome to murder Christ. The soldiers, Pontius Pilate, they're all—they're all savage animals who have put him there. They're surrounding him. They—they—they—they they, uh, they, they open their mouths. They gape. Open their mouths at me uh, like a raging and roaring lion. So now we have these, we, now we have these, these savage bulls of Bashan and now they're also compared to ruthless, vicious lions with their mouths wide open, ready to devour. I'm poured out like water And all my bones are out of joint and my heart like wax. It has melted within me. He's he's dying. He's dying this awful death and the savages are howling at him. My strength is dried up like an earthen vessel. Uh, Like a, it's a like a like an earthen ve- like a pot like a clay pot so it's just all brittle my strength and my tongue clings to my jaws my strength is dried up like an earthen vessel and my tongue clings to my jaws and you have brought me to the dust of death. Can you see this? The Father has brought the Son to death. It pleases God to place the Son of God on the altar of sacrifice because there is an eternal covenant that has been made. There is a covenant from before time or anything else that the Father and the Son have made with each other. And those whom the Father has given to the Son must be redeemed. Their sins must be atoned for. They must be justified. They must be cleansed. And the the Son agrees and has agreed from before the foundation of the world as a lamb slain to pay the price for those whom the Father has given to Him, namely the elect, those of us who are in Christ. For dogs have surrounded me, feral dogs. I... Some years back, I was with, with one of our church members and we were out in his truck and we were looking over a place where perhaps we might go deer hunting the next season and there was an open pasture uh, and I don't know how many, uh, 400 yards, I don't know, way at the end of the other pasture. There was a dog that was making his way across the pasture and a group of feral dogs came out from another part of the pasture and ripped that dog. We couldn't do anything about it. We were too far away. Ripped that dog apart. It was a horrible, horrible sight. And to feel so helpless, this is the Picture here, feral dogs have surrounded me. I, I, I can only imagine if you think of what wolves do to an animal, what wild dogs, they, they feed on one another's viciousness and lust for blood when they're wild and untamed and left to themselves. This is the scene of those who are surrounding the Christ of God as he dies alone alone having accepted the assignment to pay the price and having placed having having joined himself to the wood having connected himself to the wood like that coxus uh, silici for dogs have surrounded me the congregation of the wicked has enclosed upon me they they've they've enclosed upon me They've encompassed me. they've circled me now uh, uh, Khari kari they have that's an interesting word, probably most properly properly uh translated to be pierced through. But it also speaks of excavating or digging through something. Can you? What an awful thought! Dull nails being being nailed into the hands of the Lord. They they dug through my hand. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can I can count. All my bones. Do you know, in the scourging of the Christ, this awful whip that had that had sharpened metal and sharpened bone and, and sharpened glass, tied in the nine strands of the cat of nine tails, it would have ripped it would have come around his rib cage into his breast and they would, it would stick in the flesh and they would jerk the thing out and it would rip his flesh. His bones were revealed. He could see his bones hanging on the cross because of the way they had ripped his flesh in the scourging. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me They divide my garments among them and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Yahweh, do not be far from me, my strength. Hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brothers. Now this is what Christ said he would do in John 17. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear Yahweh, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify and fear Him, all you offspring of Israel. For He has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has He hidden His face from Him, but when he cried to him, he heard. So you see, God does what's necessary to deliver his own from their sin and from their iniquity. That's why people who are called by God can sense the calling of God and cry out for salvation and find it and know that it's there because he's made arrangements. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will, uh, I, I will pay my vows before those who fear Him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek Yahweh will, those who seek Yahweh will praise. Let your heart live forever. So then it says. Um remember and turn to Yahweh all the ends of the world, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. You see what is accomplished on the cross now he carries this salvation all over the world. For Yahweh's is the kingdom and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship before him those who go down and shall bow. And all those who go down to the dust, and even himself, he who cannot keep himself alive. There's no way we can keep ourselves alive. A posterity shall serve him. God has his own A posterity. It's a, 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 a uh, an offspring, a seed. An offspring shall serve him. It will be recounted of Adonai to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who are yet to be born, who will be born, that He has done this. What was accomplished on the cross on Good Friday still carries the power of the richness of the sacrifice of the Christ even to this day. And so we preach the gospel for people to come to Christ, to be saved, to be sensitive to the calling of the Lord to call upon him for salvation. Because the power of the blood of Christ still reaches forth. And the last person has not yet been saved because we're still here and we haven't been caught away. And so our great job is to proclaim the power of his blood. And that power is taught in the 22nd Psalm. Well, for those who came in, thank you for being with us on Good Friday. Uh, Remember to go by and uh, I think it's between the hours of 10 and noon tomorrow. Drive through, drive by the church. There's a packet for you. You'll need to tell them how many Lord's Supper cups you need. The cup, it has the juice in the bottom of it, and it has a seal over the top, and under that seal is the wafer, the, the the bread. So you'll need to tell them how many in your household are going to be observing the Lord's Supper with us on Sunday, and they'll be sure to include as many as you need in the packet that you come by and get. Uh, so do that, okay? Between 10 and noon tomorrow, you don't have to get out of your car. You just drive through. Uh, everything You'll be protected. Everybody's going to take care of you um and then you'll have what you need uh to enjoy and uh and bless the lord through the, uh, the observance of the lord's supper sunday we'll, we'll we're we're going to try to see if uh, uh the band can meet with uh, charles and we'll be at the uh the band and I will be on the stage we still can't assemble but we'll be on the stage and make it as <laughs> As true to the real thing as possible, man. It's Easter after all, uh, and so they'll have our they'll have our song time, our music time, and I'll bring a message. Uh, there's a beautiful message about the power of the resurrection, actually, right out of Galatians chapter one, verses one through five. And we're beginning to go through Galatians, so what better time than to go ahead and preach on that power of the resurrection as it's seen in the details of Galatians one, one through five in the salutation of Paul. So we'll start in Galatians, God willing, on Sunday with the message, and we will close the service with a very simple observance of the Lord's Supper, just a very simple observance uh, as we partake of the bread uh, and of the fruit of the vine. Okay, so let's pray. Father God, we love you. Thank you for how you have preserved us during this time Lord, I pray your blessings upon Shiloh. I pray, God, that you'll meet our needs. And I, I know how difficult this must be for some, uh, having seen all things shut down the way they've been shut down. But we pray, God, in faith that you'll tend to our needs according to your riches in glory. and glory. And bless us in this time that we might find more depth in our walk with you and more meaning in our relationship with you. And Father, we pray for your blessings to be with us on, on our Resurrection Day worship service. We pray, God, that as we, as we share that service uh, with all of our friends on Facebook, that it may reach far and wide and that people might hear the gospel of Christ and be saved. We pray for our leaders of the nation. God, we pray for the church around the world, the real church. Oh, God, that we may be strengthened. And help us, Lord, to look up and lift up our heads because we know our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for our opportunity to be together like this on Facebook. Bless us, help us, strengthen us, and keep us according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're done. Hey, thank you for being with us. and We'll see you later.